So good. How you doing, church? Feeling good? Feeling healthy, alive, happy, vibrant? And did anyone wake up this morning at 4am and think, I feel vibrant today. Uh, so good. I love that summer is coming because the sun gets up earlier. And so it just gets easier and easier to wake up early. Who loves that? Who loves waking up early? All right. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, just me. No, it's good. Um, so uh, no comment about your um, loving your wife comment. That's, but I will say one thing is if you, if you, if teachers love coffee so much, why would you drink instant? You know what I'm saying? Like if, to me, it's like a respect thing. You know, like instant coffee is not even coffee. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you love coffee, you wouldn't disrespect it by drinking instant. Anyway, that's a whole nother debate that we're not going into today. Hey, why don't we get up for Jamie and Mary? Aren't these guys amazing? And uh, just such a beautiful family. Their young, strapping young boys were down there this morning helping set up our kids' room. I just love seeing families just planted in God's house, helping others experience, you know, what Jesus has for them. So just pretty cool. Hey, and again, if you're here today at Life Church for the first time, massive welcome. I'm completely biased, but I think we've got Brisbane's best coffee. So we want to we shout your coffee today. We want to just really make you feel at home. Sit back, relax, enjoy, um, and uh, just going to be a great day today. Um, our, our lead pastors, Pastor Jeff and Lee, they send their love. So if you're not aware, maybe you are here today for the first time or maybe you're new to church. We're one church, but we're based in four different locations around Queensland. And so our lead pastors, Pastor Jeff and Lee, they're predominantly based in, in our Brisbane South location. Yes, the South side. Um, but uh, it's, it, it exists. Uh, but, um, and I used to live there. Um, but it, uh, based, they're, they're there today and they just send their love and super, super excited about this season for us. And in our location here, um, last week, if you weren't here, we announced that we have secured a building, which we're thanking God for. And, um, and so as great as it is to meet in a high school, we're, we're also excited about having a permanent church facility and listen, it's not about buildings. It's all about people. It's not about buildings. It's all about people. But who knows, people are a little bit more comfortable when the building's air conditioned. Uh, families feel a bit more comfortable when their children are being signed into kids' rooms um, that, you know, that are purpose, kind of purpose-built and set up for kids' ministry. And we've been very, very grateful, very blessed to be here at Craigsley and to have partnered with the school here. Um, we just, that's what we see our role is. We see our, we're actually here partnering with this school to bring about change and transformation in this community. And we did. Can we just thank, put our hands together. We, I think we had about eight or nine team that came in on Friday here, spent the day making coffees, um, delivering biscuits and coffees and Eloise in particular did a phenomenal job making all the coffees and the team were out there chatting and mingling. And just the reason we did that, we just want to make life better. It's like people are saying, why are you doing this? We actually just want to make life better. We want people just to walk away feeling like they've been valued and appreciated. And we had some really great conversations and lots of great comments, people just loving it. So, so that's good. So yeah, so um, our, we've obviously got a building and the timeline is now that on Monday, our, um, our MCU, our change of use application goes into council. So please, let's all be praying and believing God just for a great process there and that, um, that all goes through relatively smoothly. And so 
We still don't have exact time frame, but we do know that um, within two weeks, we'll start another process within that, that MCU process. And it will be a number of months, but we're exploring every avenue we can to get into that building as quickly as possible. And uh, in a, in, we'll also have some more news to share as well in a few weeks' time with photos and videos and a whole lot of stuff. And who'd like to go and do a visit? So the keys, we get the keys on December 1. So in December, after one of our Sunday services, we will go, we'll have a, we'll go and do a, a, a visit and, uh, and we'll gate crash our own house and uh, it, it'll just be great and we'll have cheese and uh, it'll be great. Okay. Cheese is a running joke. If you're new to Life Church, I don't know. I just always seem to mention cheese every, every Sunday. So cheeses is good. Yes. Okay. Uh, if, you've got a, if you've got a Bible with you or a phone with you or a, um, or a, a, a Samsung with you um, or um, something with you, if you've got something on you right now, you can, um, you can download an, an app called YouVersion. Um, if you just search for Bible, it's a Bible on your phone. So you don't need to carry around a full paper Bible anymore. You can just carry around your phone and, um, and it's all on there. Okay, anyway, so download your version. And if you've got a Bible, if you don't, it's okay. It'll be on the screen. I'm gonna read a scripture from the Bible today. John 16, verses five to seven. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna set this up before we, before we read this, I'm gonna set this up. Okay, so, so, G, um, so Jesus spent three years investing into his leadership team. So Jesus did lots of different things. Jesus ministered to the crowds. He saw that they were helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, the Bible says, and that Jesus' heart was moved with compassion. When he saw the need, when he saw how the religious order and system of that time, the church of that time had manipulated and abused people for the benefit of the leaders rather than for the benefit of the people. They'd made God inaccessible. They'd made God something that was mysterious and hard to get to. And so people were left in Jesus' eyes, helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so Jesus was moved with compassion, the Bible says, and He ministered to people. Often many days He would go out and begin to preach and there would just be massive crowds of people and He'd go away and try and spend time alone with God and and people would find out where He was and they would follow Him. So if Jesus was here today, you know, um, physically, you know, people would start to get word. Everyone would start like Instagramming and, and like and like tweeting right now. Jesus at Craigslist, you know, here I am selfie with Jesus. And there'd be like thousands and thousands of people just packing the property. Everyone's trying to get to Jesus. And so, but Jesus didn't just spend time with the crowds. More importantly, He spent time investing into a few. And we hear about the 12 disciples, those disciples, the people that Jesus invited on the adventure of following Him in relationship with Him. And he invested into those, those people specifically so that when he um, ascended into heaven, his, his purpose, his mission would continue to be outworked through the people that he invested into. Jesus was, was not random. Jesus was super intentional. You know, he wasn't like kind of just figuring it all. He was like, he had a plan. He had a purpose. He had a mission. He had a why. And he was intentional about investing into leaders. And, and Jesus has been doing all these amazing miracles. He spent three years traveling with his disciples, with his leadership team. They'd seen some amazing things together. They'd been on the road together. They'd had great times together. They'd had difficult conversations. You know, that had Jesus tell them off. You know, that all this kind of different things going on in Jesus' leadership circle. And in John 16, we, we, we parachute into a conversation that Jesus is having with his team, right? Right? 
Who would have thought that hanging with Jesus would have been pretty good? Like, you know, every day is a new adventure with Jesus. So where are we going today, Jesus? We're going to go raise a dead, someone from the dead, okay? You know, we're going to go to a funeral. What are you going to do? I'm going to raise the person from the dead, okay? You know, Jesus just interrupts everything. I just love it. And so Jesus is, is he calls his, his crew together and he's about to have a conversation with them and he breaks some news to them that they find incredibly disheartening. He says, guys, basically, I'm about to go and be killed. I'm about to go and die, right? And, and it's God's plan. It's God's purpose. It, it's, you don't get it right now. You don't even really know what I'm talking about. But I know your heart is, is, is full of pain, is full of sorrow at the thought of this. But then Jesus says something. He says in John 16, verse 5, that I go away to Him, that's to God, who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things you to you, sorrow has filled your heart. In other words, you know, He's saying, I'm going away. They don't even fully realise what Jesus is saying, that He's going to go to the cross He's going to die on behalf of humanity. He's going to pay the penalty for our sin. So when we sing songs like we did this morning, I've never known love like this, that there's, there's nothing now that separates us from God. Jesus came to make God accessible again. Jesus came to make God's love real to us. He came to make a way so we could be in relationship with Him. So He's saying, I'm going. You don't even know where I'm going because your brain can't even comprehend it right now, Right? Imagine if God told you everything that's going to happen in your life, His plan, His purpose, all in one moment, your brain would explode, right? Because we're not ready. It's like, God, tell me the whole thing. No, God knows. I'll tell you the next step. Because if you get the whole thing, you're going to try and figure it out. We can't. So He tells him, you don't know what's happening, but I'm going to tell you something that's going to change the way you see what's happening. And He says in John 15, uh, 16, verse 5, we've got that still on the screen. He says this, In verse seven, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now, who's thankful that Jesus always tells the truth? Uh, I heard someone say, what do spandex, toddlers, drunks, and Jesus have in common? They all tell the truth, okay? So nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, just pause there for a minute. So Jesus is with His disciples. This is the guy who's raising people from the dead. He's doing all kinds of crazy miracles. He's, he's literally the way, the truth, and the life. You know, he is, he is life. Okay, He is life itself. He is God. He is our Creator. His disciples are hanging with Him. And then He says to them, guys, it's actually to your advantage that I go away. They would be thinking, what are you talking about? How could you leaving us in any way be an advantage. Who knows what I'm talking about, right? It would be like, what? Like, how could this be an advantage? And then he says, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And I want to talk this morning just for a few moments on this topic, on this concept of the advantage. That God wants to give you an advantage in life through relationship with Him and through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about that. We're going to unpack this. But God wants for you to have an advantage in life. In 2012, Lance Armstrong, the world's greatest, you know, to that point, greatest cyclist was stripped of all of his titles because he was found to be using performance-enhancing drugs, just like every other cyclist, by the way. But anyway, he was found to be using performance-enhancing drugs and... 
they deemed that he had an unfair advantage over his opposition. I'm not sure what year it was, but a number of years ago, the Melbourne Storm, okay. No, we have some Storm fans maybe here today. The Melbourne Storm were found to have an unfair advantage. They found a few extra boats and cars in different players' houses, okay. And, um, and so there was a few extra little sneaky little payments going under the table. And it was found they were breaking, systematically breaking, cheating the salary cap. And they were having an unfair advantage, just like the Roosters just not proven. An unfair advantage. Okay. Just putting that in there. Okay. For the record, it's on tape. Okay. Unfair advantage over the opposition. But, you know, God actually wants for you to have an unfair advantage, not over other people, but in life. God wants to, His heart for you, you are His child. He loves you. And, and the, the, the basis, if you're to break this down, is that God doesn't want to be studied. God wants to be known. God isn't a, we, sure, we can study God. We can, we can learn. We can academically, academically, we can break down. We can talk theology or whatever you want to talk about. But at the end of the day, God invites us into relationship with Him in a way that will bring heart transformation, not just head transformation, not just knowing things. Oh, I know the Bible, I know the stories. It's not about knowing, thing, uh, knowing things, it's about knowing Him. God invites us into a relationship of knowing Him. And Jesus said to His disciples, essentially, guys, if I stay, if I stay like this, then everything is going to be limited physically to where I can go and what I can do physically. If there was a crowd of thousands, there were people that were healed, there would have been people that missed out. And Jesus said to his team, guys, you're ready now. You don't know you're ready. In fact, you're not ready yet, but you will be. And I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send someone to help you, right? Who's going to now work in your life the same way, the same way that God has worked in my life, in His life, in Jesus' life. So you're now going to go and see sick bodies healed. You're now going to go and bring hope and bring life and bring joy. You're now going to go and bring the presence of God into your family or into your workplace or into your business or into what you're doing. You're now going to go and operate in the same power that I have operated in. I'm going to send someone who's going to help you. Now, if you've ever had to build furniture from Aldi, all right, furniture from Aldi, the two things should never go together. And a number of years ago, there was this, there were these bookshelf things on special, I don't know, at Christmas time. And somehow we ended up buying like six of them. And uh, I feel like an Aldi dealer on the side, like trying to deal these things away. Anyway, get the, get the thing unboxed, right? And if you build furniture from somewhere else, maybe like Ikea or somewhere, they come with instructions, right? Well, these Aldi things, like they basically just came with a picture of what it should look like at the end. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's not really that helpful, right? That's awesome. I can see what it's meant to look like, but I need someone to help me take it from all of these pieces. And then I had my kids, they were there to help. So they're picking all the pieces up, you know, and there's like pieces flying everywhere. And I'm thinking, you stay calm, okay? That's not helping. You know, don't eat that. Don't eat that. Okay. So, so, and I think sometimes we can look at our, we can look at our walk with Jesus. We can look at Christianity. We can look at God. 
or we can look at our life and we can feel like what I am being asked to do seems impossible, right? Because a lot of what Jesus said was really difficult. Like you've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth, right? That's what we've heard. You know, Jesus says this, you've heard it said, but I say to you, Uh, forgive those, bless those who persecute you, pray for those who spitefully use you. So Jesus says, turn the other cheek. He's, He's actually inviting us into an adventure of faith and relationship with Him. But the only way, see, God doesn't want a church that's just full of people that know things about God. God wants us to walk out of here and on Monday, make a difference on Monday. Have the presence of God, the power of God at work in our life. So when we're facing difficulty, when we're facing obstacles, when we're facing sickness in our family, when we're facing a crisis that is, seems to be overwhelming our emotional capacity to deal with it, when we're facing a challenge maybe at work, when we're needing wisdom on a, in an area of our life, when, some, when crisis hits, when, when things don't work out the way we'd planned, right? And we talked a few weeks ago about disappointment, but when things happen, and things don't work out the way we planned. Do you know that God invites us into a relationship with Him where we can actually experience His presence in a way that changes the way we approach every obstacle, every challenge, every decision, everything we face. It's an advantage. And when we see Jesus, He he ascends to heaven, He says, guys... I'm going to commission you now to go and and fulfill my mission on earth. Go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Go and make followers of me. Go and help people connect with God the same way I've helped you connect with God. Go and help people experience God's love. Go and help people experience God's peace. Go and help people experience God's plan and purpose for their life. Go and help people don't go and help people break out of the box of religion that says that God's so far away and God's going to keep you small and, and God's disconnected or removed from your situation and God's angry and, and God's vengeful. Go and help people break out of that box and experience the God of love and the God of grace and the God of joy and the God of purpose. I'm now commissioning you. But then he says this, he says, don't go anywhere until you have received what I'm sending you, which is the helper. And he says that in Luke 24, 49. I will send the fulfillment of the Father's promise to you. So stay here in the city. I think we've got that Luke 24, 49. Jesus says, stay here in the city until the mighty power of heaven falls upon you and wraps around you. So Jesus is saying, actually, we can know, not just know things about God, but we can actually know God's presence, God's power in our life. Like God can be real to us. Not like real as just an idea, but God can be real. And God operates in our life through the person of the Holy Spirit. And I think sometimes we've mystified in church, you know, the Holy Spirit, and He's just like this wind and because the Bible compares Him to being like a wind or like a fire. He's like this mystic thing, but God, He's actually, the Holy Spirit is just the Spirit of God and He comes to make Jesus real to us. He comes in a way so that when we're reading our Bible and we think, man, this is so dry, this is so difficult, the Holy Spirit comes and He empowers us to understand His Word in a fresh and a new way. He brings Jesus, He brings the Scripture alive, He brings Jesus alive to us. 
He makes God's plan known to us, His presence known, His power known. And so I want to talk about a few of the advantages of doing life with the Holy Spirit. Is that all right? A few of the advantages of doing life with the Holy Spirit. The first thing is, and this month, perfect. We've been talking about bold, about living bold. The first, the first advantage that the Holy Spirit brings is a confidence advantage. He actually brings a supernatural confidence. Now you might say, I'm not really an extrovert. I'm not a party person. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about personality types. The Holy Spirit will come and when we do life with the Holy Spirit, He will give you a confidence, an inner confidence that you didn't have before. He will give, if you look at the the story of the disciples, the disciples literally were hiding. They were hiding. They were afraid that the people that killed Jesus were coming back to kill them. And they were hiding, right? They were hiding in a little church room. It's called upper room. They're hiding there and they're praying. They're doing what Jesus asked them to do. They're praying. And in Acts 2, we read that as they continue to pray and, and seek God and that the Holy Spirit comes and He fills them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. It was like tongues of fire. It was, it was a move of God. There was something supernatural that took place in their heart. They, they'd already given their life to Christ, following Jesus, but the power of God actually came into their life. And immediately they went from, then the crowd, they all start speaking in tongues. And then the crowd rock up and say they're drunk. And then Peter says, no, we're not drunk. We're just filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what God already promised, right? And I love that the early church were accused of being drunk, not boring, okay? We should get back to that point. I'm just saying, okay? People should walk into church and think, I think everybody's drunk. I would much rather that than I think everyone's boring, okay? Can we agree? Let's be a little bit more like we're drunk in the Holy Spirit. And that's important <coughs> rather than being boring. But then, they, then immediately what happens? They go from hiding to preaching, Right? Straight away, immediately, Peter stands up and starts preaching about Jesus. And all of the disciples, I think 11 of the 12 disciples were crucified. They were martyred. They were killed, sorry. They were martyred for their faith in Jesus. Okay? So they went from hiding in one moment, from hiding to in public, being, being flogged in public, being thrown into prison, being persecuted for their faith. What changed? Obviously, they, were, they already knew Jesus, but... The presence of God, they had the Holy Spirit came and empowered them to actually live out the life that God has called, had called them to live. Can I encourage you in your life and your walk with Jesus that if you're feeling if you're feeling timid in your faith, that the answer is to go back to God and say, Holy Spirit, will you come and will you fill me again? Will you fill me with your power? Will you give me confidence? Not confidence in my own self, but confidence in you that what God has placed on your life, that what God has called you to do, that there's a confidence that will come as you go to God and you ask Him to fill you with confidence all through the book of Acts. All through the book of Acts, we see they're speaking boldly, they're preaching Jesus, they're there. And I just wanna encourage you to be, to be filled with the presence of God, filled with the power of God and filled with boldness. The second advantage, I think, is a power advantage. That you'll actually, the Bible says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That means you can pray and believe that God will act on your behalf as you pray. We don't just pray as a nice idea. It's not just a nice Christian thing to do, a token thing, right? 
I think sometimes that we've been guilty of making it like a token thing. Well, we should pray, you know. And when we pray, we don't really expect anything to change, right? But last night we were praying with our kids before bed and then we went into Sophie and Audrey's room and I was praying with the girls and Audrey was being silly and Sophie was being serious, which is kind of how it works. And, and I said, and she wanted to pray for someone who's got a brain tumor right now and she was, she was praying for this guy. And then, and, uh, and then she said, and God, I'm praying for every other person in the entire world that is sick right now, right? But she meant it. Like she was like, you know, and then she prayed for a few other things. Then she stopped and she said, I'm such a good prayer. <laughs> and I was like, so humble, so, so humble. <laughs> but do you know what? There was an innocence and a purity to her prayer. Last year at Summit, there was a guy, a leader that came in. He broke his arm the day before Life Summit. He went to Life Summit and there was one of our kids who hadn't been told that God can't heal, right? So he went and prayed for the leader's arm with the x-rays, everything, leader's arm. Jamie and Mary were there, leader's arm, prayed, x-rayed again, completely healed, right? So God will give you power. I remember Emily was chatting with these, um, these girls at a youth camp one time. They were never been to church before in their life. It was like the first day. Camp hadn't even really started yet. And she's chatting with these girls. And, and then, she's, then they're talking about why are you here? And we're saying we're from Brisbane and this was in Adelaide. Yeah, we went to Adelaide. Okay, but we came back alive. But and anyway, long story short, she starts talking about Jesus and the difference he's made in her life. And they give their life to Jesus before the camp had really started. And then, which she didn't know, that's not part of the, how it's meant to work. But anyway, and then she's like, the girl had this like serious, like kind of brace thing on her hand. And Emily said, let's pray and believe that God could heal your arm. She prayed and supernaturally her arm was healed. So much so she took this entire brace thing off. She was moving her arm all around and she was hysterically crying because she couldn't understand what had happened. Like she was, you know, she'd never been around church before, never. And she was just like, what is happening? Like she was freaking out. Like this is something like really weird is going on. Like my arm is completely healed. God will give you power. He will to pray and believe for things to change. To pray if there's a situation going on in your family, you're not helpless. God has positioned you there to bring heaven to earth. God has positioned you there to see things change. Maybe it's wisdom in a decision at work and you don't know which way to go. You're trying to work out, should I do this or should I do that? Should I employ him or should I employ her? Okay, the answer is always her. No, should I employ him? Should I employ her? And, and I believe that, and this is another advantage, it's a wisdom advantage. The Holy Spirit will speak, to, He will speak into your heart. We talked a number of weeks ago about how to hear God's voice. God speaks through a multitude of ways. And let's not get creepy with that, okay? You saw a number five. It doesn't mean, okay, you should go and buy five houses, okay? Don't get weirdo, but just understand that God will actually, through relationship, through His Word, through people around you, through, through He will speak to you. And He wants to give you a power, an advantage. When you pray, you can actually believe for things to change. The, the third thing is a joy advantage. I think this is so important. If you read through the book of Acts, when, when, the Holy, when, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, when the disciples first just began to experience life in relationship with God, again and again and again, we see this, this phrase used, 
filled with the Holy Spirit and joy. And you know, we live right now in a generation that is being called the anxious generation. That is what our now, our culturally, our society is being referred to as the anxious generation. People living with um, anxiety, depression and mental health issues like we have never seen before um, in, in modern history. And when I read through the Bible, I, 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 I always see this, this connection between God filling us with His Spirit, being people of the Spirit, people that are walking in a relationship with God and joy. And in Ephesians 5.18, we read this. Ephesians 5.18, it says this. It says this. Don't be drunk. Ephesians 5.18, here we go. Don't be drunk with wine. Now, for some of you, that's all you need today. That was just, that was for you. Okay. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, Again, Bible's comparing this joy that comes with the Spirit of God. Why would you use that phrase like, don't be drunk with wine, okay? Because God's, Paul is making a comparison. Paul wrote this letter. It's a letter to a church in a city called Ephesus. He wrote this, Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. Now, some of us who can't sing in your hearts is a really great place to start, okay? So for some of us in church, it's like we're singing out because it's great. And others, it's like we're singing at a level that we can hear, that God can hear, and that our hearts can hear. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Okay, and give thanks, uh, thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, so Paul's saying that actually when we give our life to Jesus, when we allow the Holy Spirit to um, lead us and guide us, when we're filled with His Spirit, that there will be a supernatural joy that we, will, we should be and will be known for. You, you know, you weren't actually, if you're here today and you're struggling with anxiety or struggling with mental health, don't be condemned. God isn't saying, you know, you don't fit here. You're not, you know what? God's just saying right now, that's not His full plan and purpose. David says, you anoint my head. That's a picture of the anointing of God. It's a picture of the Spirit of God, the presence of God. When you anoint someone's head, they anointed a sheep's head for protection. So the oil would protect the sheep's brain from getting filled with insects, literally. God's saying, well, David says that God is going to anoint your head. What's going to happen? He's going to come. And as you begin to do life with the Holy Spirit, He's going to put a protection over your mind, over your thought pattern, over the way you think, begin to help you change the way you think. Protect your mind, protect your heart from all kinds of destructive thinking and thought patterns and depression and anxiety. But God's plan is never depression, it's always joy. Not just happiness, not just circumstantial, I got a new, you know, car or, and that's all great, but actual joy, joy that comes from deep within who you are. There's so many other things we could talk about today, but I just wanna, I just wanna just finish on this. I, the, the advantages that God, that the Holy Spirit brings above everything else, we could talk about wisdom, we can talk about vision. The Bible says in the last days, when God pours out His Spirit, that old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions. That's because old people spend more time sleeping, apparently. Apparently. But the, the, the reality is today that the advantage that the Holy Spirit brings is actually a connection advantage. It's, it's a connection with God. 
And I've seen this in my life, in my walk with Jesus. God so much desires for you to not just know things about Him, but to know Him, to know Him. And maybe for you, that's a really foreign concept. Maybe for you, you've been around church or you've been to Sunday school or, and you've, but you, you've never really connected personally with God. Well, God, the, the step to relationship with Jesus, it is a faith step. It's a faith step. We don't make that step on the basis of something we've studied. We make that step on the basis of something that God has already done for us. You see, the Bible says that, that Jesus went to the cross, not because of some massive accident or mistake, but Jesus went to the cross out of His love for you and for me. That it was God's love that motivated Him to go to the cross. And maybe you're here today and you don't personally know God. You don't have a relationship with Jesus that, that empowers you to overcome the challenges in your life. Doesn't mean challenges don't come, no. Doesn't mean you face a life that's smooth sailing and all simple, no way. It, it, we all face life, we all face things, we all have things we have to overcome. We all have battles externally and we all have battles internally. We all have thought patterns and things in our own life that God wants to correct and help and heal and restore. We've all, all got things that happen externally. But listen, we only will experience breakthrough, I believe, in those areas as we learn to do life with Jesus. And right now today, God is inviting you, He's inviting me into the adventure of relationship with God. Jesus put it this way, if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for His sake, you'll find it. In other words, when we try and control everything, when we try and be the master of our own destiny, so to speak, we'll end up losing our life. But if we're willing to entrust our life to Jesus, to give our life to Him, we'll truly find it. It's like a seed that's planted in the soil. If you hold on to a seed without planting it, the potential of that seed only exists in that seed, but it, it never exists in full bloom. But when the seed goes into the soil, it, goes, it, it, it submits itself to the soil. It's willing to be buried. It's willing to, to disappear it's at that moment that in the right environment, the potential of that seed begins a journey to being fully realised. Jesus even compared the kingdom of God being like a mustard seed planted in the ground. Smallest seed, but planted in the ground becomes a giant tree. That's a picture of your life with Jesus. That when you let go of your life and you're willing to entrust your life into who Jesus is, what is actually in your life, the true uniqueness the destiny, the purpose, what's really in your life will begin to be unlocked. It's not until we entrust our life to Jesus that we experience, that actually we experience everything that God has for us. God loves you. He's not trying to, God's, God's not here trying to, to um, condemn you or, 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 or push you aside or, or be removed from you. No, God is drawing near in relationship and He invites all of us into the journey of that adventure with Him. And so today, just right now, I want to pray with people in this room. Because I know there's people here today and you, you know in your heart, maybe you've wandered from relationship with God. Or right now you don't know Jesus. 
and you want to connect with Jesus today, you want to ask Him to come into your life and, and just and set you free and, and, and bring about that transformation in your life. Maybe you know today in your heart, you're not walking in relationship with Jesus, but you want to know Him today. I want to pray with you just with every head bowed, every eye closed. 